Here we are on the last day of August in the year of our Lord 2022. It's hard to believe that we are now finished with the eighth month of the year, but what we are not finished with, in fact, what we are just beginning this morning is Roadmap to Heaven. Here on Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright with you for the hour. I hope you're having a great morning so far as we begin the 7 o'clock hour together. Let's begin in prayer as we always do in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. O most blessed Mother, heart of love, heart of mercy, ever listening, caring, consoling, hear our prayer. As your children, we implore your intercession with Jesus, your Son. Receive with understanding and compassion the petitions we place before you today. We are comforted in knowing your heart is ever open to those who ask for your prayer. We trust to your gentle care and intercession those whom we love and who are sick or lonely or hurting. Help all of us, Holy Mother, to bear our burdens in this life until we may share eternal life and peace with God forever. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If I could ask you, and I should have asked you this before we prayed together, uh, to join me in a prayer intention today, I recently learned, in fact, it was last evening, of a family um, that I don't know directly, but they're known in in my circles, in my orbit, I I guess you could say. And a few months ago, the family lost their father um, to cancer and then recently found out the mother passed away unexpectedly. And there are children who are now left without a mother and a father. And I can't imagine how difficult and trying of a time this is. So if if you could join me in praying for them throughout the day today, they sure could use our prayers. On the show today, we are going to be talking with Kristalina Everett about our purpose. What is your purpose? And do you have confidence if God's calling you to something that, uh, you know, he's given you help to do what you need to do, giving you the grace to do what you need to do. And then also we're going to continue talking with Doug Barry about the role of the husband and the father and some of the things, men, that you and I are called to in this role of husband and father. Plus we'll have the catechist for you and a little bit more as the morning goes on. So that's what's ahead on Roadmap to Heaven. Let's go now to Mike Roberts for a check of today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. Joseph of Arimathea and St. Nicodemus. Of the countless disappointments Jesus endured during his passion, one of the most heartbreaking must have been knowing nearly all of his disciples had abandoned him. His mother was there, as was John, Mary Magdalene, and Mary, wife of Clopas, but no one else. It was simply too dangerous. But there were two very well-connected men who believed in Jesus and had everything to lose, who did their best to try to help after Jesus died. Joseph of Arimathea, a significant leader in the Jewish community who had come to believe in Jesus, did the unthinkable after Jesus died. He went to see the man who killed him to ask to bury Jesus. His request was granted, 
and he had Jesus placed in the tomb he would rise from three days later. There are historical accounts that suggest Joseph was punished severely and sent to prison for this act. Nicodemus was one of the Pharisees, all of whom except Nicodemus wanted Jesus dead. But because he truly did love God, Nicodemus approached Jesus in secret and at night to find out more. In this exchange from John chapter 3, we hear Jesus as he teaches Nicodemus the teacher. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you are doing unless God is with him. Jesus answered him and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said, How can a person once grown old be born again? Surely he cannot re-enter his mother's womb and be born again, can he? Jesus answered, Amen, amen, I say to you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Nicodemus tries to get the other Pharisees to at least listen to Jesus before condemning him, but obviously they did not. He would come back to Jesus after his death and to help with Jesus' burial, bringing 100 pounds of myrrh and aloes. St. Joseph of Arimathea and St. Nicodemus, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. The other day online, I saw a meme that comes from one of my favorite movies, and it was the scene is this. It's a father and his daughter, and the, in the one frame, the father says to the daughter, I love you 3,000, and in the next frame, the father says to the daughter, pick up all your toys or I'll throw them all away. And I thought, wow, that is my parenting in uh, two frames here on the Internet. And yet it's so true. My, my kids for the longest time have tried to outdo one another. Daddy, I love you five. I love you ten. I love you twenty. I love you a hundred. Up to I love you a thousand. I love you infinity. And then there will be those times when I have to say, listen, you have to pick up all of your toys or I am going to get rid of them. And I have had to do that. And it has not been pleasant. Sometimes as a father, it's not pleasant to be the disciplinarian. But the moments that really melt my heart are the ones where especially uh, my daughters are more prone to do this than my son, that they come up to me and say, I just want to cuddle with you. I just want to be with you. I just want to sit with you. I just want to be in the same room as you because they want to be close to dad. Well, how often do you and I do that with our father, with God the Father? You know, sometimes it's easy to think of God the Father as a pick up all your toys or I'm going to throw them away type of parent. But do we think of him as the loving father? Do we go to him when we're overwhelmed? Do we go to him when we've got more than we can handle? Do we go to him when we just don't see how we're going to make it? Do we go to our loving father? Here's our catechist question today. What did our Blessed Mother promise to those who would observe the devotion, the first Saturday devotion, on five consecutive months with the intention of making reparation to her Immaculate Heart? What did she promise to those who would make the first Saturday devotion on five consecutive months with the intention of making reparation to her Immaculate Heart? The answer is that Our Lady promised to assist at the hour of death with all the graces necessary for salvation, all those who practice the first Saturday devotion on five consecutive months with the intention of making reparation to 
her immaculate heart. Now, we've mentioned several times this week that this coming Friday and Saturday, since today is the last day of August, Friday is September 2nd. It's the first Friday of the month, and Saturday, September 3rd, is indeed the first Saturday of the month. You knew that, um, that these are the days that we fulfill these devotions. So let's talk about this a little bit here. First off, in the first Saturday requirements, go to confession. Now, here is the beautiful part about this. The confession can be eight days before or eight days after the first Saturday. But there's a caveat to that, because the next requirement is to receive Holy Communion on the first Saturday, to go to Mass. Now, if you are in a state of mortal sin and you go and receive Holy Communion, that is the sin of sacrilege, which is also a mortal sin. And you can't say you didn't know that because I just told you that, right? That's all, that's, a friend said that to me once. He goes, Adam, you can't say you didn't know that because I just told you that. And I said, oh, no. Um, so you need to go beforehand, right? You don't want to commit a mortal sin. But if you are not in a state of mortal sin, and this is a devotional confession, you do have eight days before or eight days after. Still, that said, if you're like me and you're a member of Procrastinators Anonymous, which, by the way, our meeting was pushed back a few days. We'll let you know the new meeting date. It's better to go before, get it out of the way, attend to things that are important first so that we don't forget them. So go to confession, receive Holy Communion, pray the five decades of the rosary. Pray five decades of the rosary. So you're going to pray your rosary Saturday anyway? Pray, pray it with this intention. And then keep Our Lady company. And what we mean by that is meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary. Now, what are the blasphemies against the Blessed Mother that we are making reparation for? Against her Immaculate Conception? Against her perpetual virginity? Against her divine maternity while refusing to receive her as the mother of mankind? Those, for those who try to implant in the hearts of children indifference, disrespect, and hate against the Immaculate Mother? We're going to come back to that one in a second here and by those who insult her directly in sacred images. So those who profane her images, uh, those who create profane images of the Blessed Mother, so on and so forth. I want to go back a moment here. For those who try to implant in the hearts of children indifference, disrespect, and hate against the Immaculate Mother. I don't know that many of us are going around. If you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven right now on Covenant Network, Catholic Radio, I don't know that you are going around trying to implant hate against the Immaculate Mother in the hearts of children. But are we implanting indifference by making other things more important? It's a question we need to ask ourselves when our kids say, do we need to pray the rosary? We should absolutely say yes. In fact, we shouldn't wait for them to ask. We should be going to them. We should be teaching them the duties we have to the Blessed Mother. There's a lot we could say about this. Perhaps we'll do a segment on that in the future. In the meantime, we are going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back, we'll be continuing with Doug Berry on the role of the husband and the father. I also want to mention that with uh, First Friday devotions as well, uh, I've been asked to remind you that if you're in the downtown area, the Shrine of St. Joseph, we'll have First Friday Mass at 12 o'clock noon at 11th and Biddle, just south of the Stan Musial Memorial Bridge. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. A prayer to St. Joseph. O blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, 
protector of thy chaste spouse, the Virgin, Mother of God. I choose thee this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor thee all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly beseech thee to receive me as thy client, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain for me and for all the knowledge and love of the heart of Jesus, and finally, to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. We're talking with Doug Berry this week about the role of the husband and father as the spiritual authority in the household. And on Monday, we talked about the responsibilities that come with that. Yesterday, we talked about what that looks like. And if you missed it, here's the simple recap. Look at a crucifix. That is the role of the husband and father every day to die to self for his bride, for his children, to do everything he can to help them get to heaven. Because in the end, it's going to be their choice. But he has to lay his life down to do everything possible to help them on the way. Today, we're going to give you one simple, practical thing you can do. Because as I said yesterday, it's not necessarily big, grand moments every day. It's little things every day, one on top of the other. So, Doug, today you've got three words for us. Turn the chair. Tell us what that's all about. You know, it's so easy for us, especially as men. Women can do it too, but as men, since we're focusing on the father here, we get busy. We get wrapped up in stuff. We've got things to do. You're in your workshop in the garage, or you're watching TV. You're into your program, your sporting event, whatever. You're at your office. Now, growing up, my five kids, they have an office at home because, you know, I travel the country, um, evangelizing, speaking. And so my office out of my home, when I'm home, I'm in the office. They come into the office. Hey, dad, can I talk to you? Now, if they're going to ask me a simple question like, hey, dad, there's a piece of chicken left in the fridge. Okay, if I have it, I can just look over my shoulder. Yeah, son, go ahead. That's fine. But if they come in for any reasonable question, serious conversation of any kind, turn the chair. Physically, I mean this. I would literally stop with my keyboard or whatever I'm working on, and I would rotate the chair and physically face them. Square your shoulders up with them. Look at them in the eyes. Not only do you communicate better with someone when you're facing them, there's a natural body language there. You're sending a message to them. You are more important to me right this moment than what I'm doing over here. If you want your family to be strong and healthy and holy, and you want your kids down the road to even give you time, remember to give them time now. Now, it's not just the trade-off. It's not only that. That's just a natural thing. I, I, my mom did that to me all the time. My dad was an alcoholic, and it was tough being raised in that situation. I have many memories of my mother coming into the bedroom in the evening when I was struggling with something with school or, you know, I'm laying in bed, can't sleep. I'm 10 years old. She'd sit there on the edge of the bed and talk to me. She did this dozens and dozens of times. She physically let me know that nothing else at that moment was more important than coming in and sitting there and talking with me. If I was outside on the patio, sitting at the picnic table, struggling with something, maybe school or just my dad's drink, she would come and sit next to me physically made it clear. This was her way of turning the chair. So to all the men out there, whether it's for your wife or your children, anybody that God entrusts to your care that is so close to you physically, and I mean it, rotate that chair, literally, figuratively. In other words, you are letting them know you're squaring your physical body language up with them. You're looking at them in the face and the eyes, and you're telling them that way, 
Nothing else is more important than you in this moment right now. That is what we're built for. That's what we should be doing. You know, Doug, if I could tack four words onto this for 2022 in the day and age we live in, it would be this. Put down the phone. It's the exact same thing. It is. You know, and in an age when we can pause anything and stream anything on demand, what on earth are we watching on our phones that is more important than our spouses or our children? Yeah, we all fall into this. uh, We can fall into this FOMO, fear of missing out. And people, you're right, that phone issue, that's another really big problem. They've done studies with college age, high school students. How far away can the phone be from somebody before they start getting anxious? And five to six feet literally one study said and people start getting nervous and anxious because they have to have access to scroll to swipe to see what's going on fear of missing out fomo when parents do this though when fathers husbands do this for their family sick it's the same exact same concept turn the chair or put the phone down let them know nothing is more important than you right now i don't care what headline i don't care what sporting score i'm going to look at None of it matters. Check on my stocks, portfolios, whatever, if that's your deal, put it down. You're going to have your kids and your wife for only a short amount of time in life overall, basically, right? It doesn't, they're going to move on. Your kids, all, all five of my children have moved out, Adam, all of them. Now, you know what I don't have any regrets for right now? I turn the chair all the time. In fact, if you ask most of my kids, they all know that. They will actually talk about it. Oh yeah, dad always did that. Now, I sort of pat on the back. But I established that when I was younger because I didn't want to have to regret these things later. I also hugged them every single day I was in their physical presence. I made sure that I went out of my way to hug them and bless them with holy water because I wanted them to know it then and I wanted them to know it the rest of their lives after I'm long gone, buried, dead. Dad did this that established that they were important to me. So men, put the phone down, turn the chair, love your family. You've only got them for a short amount of time. Amen. Well, Doug, we're going to wrap up today. Tomorrow, friends, we're going to be talking about discipline and being steadfast. There's a little bit more to it than that. Until then, Doug, have a great day. You too, Adam. Active Consecration to St. Joseph. Oh, dearest St. Joseph, I consecrate myself to your honor and give myself to you that you may always be my father, my protector, and my guide in the way of salvation. Obtain for me a greater purity of heart and fervent love of the interior life. After your example, may I do all my actions for the greater glory of God, in union with the divine heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. O blessed St. Joseph, pray for me, that I may share in the peace and joy of your holy death. Amen. If you haven't been with us for the past two weeks, we've been talking with Kristalina Everett about our purpose and the obstacles and the way of that purpose. And that purpose comes to us from God. We have to discern his voice. We have to hear from him. We have to get sin out of our lives, which often means the only way we can, and that's letting our Lord take the sin out of our lives through absolution in the sacrament of reconciliation. And that requires some trust, and that requires some confidence, because I know too many people that say, well, I just don't think that going into a box and and telling some priest my sins is actually doing anything. And it's like, no, actually, it's very efficacious. Why? Because our Lord said so. And like I said last week, it's hard to be a sheep sometimes. We all want to be the shepherd, but we're the sheep. So Kristalina is with us today. We're going to be talking about our confidence level in God because we have to trust. Or put this way, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. So, Kristalina, where do we begin with this? How do we improve our confidence in God and deepen our faith? 
so many of us go to bed at night and we're thinking about all of the things going on in the world, all of the changes happening in the church, all of the ways that we are out of control, and we kind of want to grasp for how we can get in control. And sometimes when we're grasping or we're worried or we're living out of fear and concern, we're losing sight of that God is completely and utterly in charge. And we forget to dive into that portion of our faith. And we forget to ask God to go into these fears that I'm having right now. Lord Jesus, give me confidence right now because I'm afraid. And if you do that right before you go to bed, as those fears or those worries or those finances start haunting you, and just stop and say, Lord Jesus, come into this fear of mine. I give it to you. Your nights will be better. Your sleep will be better. And you will wake up ready to deal with the day because you have blocked basically that spirit of fear that is constantly at you. Because are we people of God or not? And if we are, we need to truly, Adam, start acting like it in our lives. You know, I probably tell this story too much, but the story of John the 23rd, Pope St. John the 23rd during the Second Vatican Council, which, you know, probably a little bit of pressure on the Holy Father during those days who would go to bed and say, it's your church, Lord, you take care of it, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and I've started doing that yeah. with my family, like, this is your family, Lord, please take care of it, I'm going to bed. And having that trust that if something happens, God's going to be with me when I wake up in the middle of the night. But really, it's when I'm dropping the kids off at school for the first time of the school year a couple weeks ago, or even now, and in new endeavors in life, in those moments of tension in marriage, those moments that are trying in life, to just say, Lord, I know you're with me. Help me. It's almost like we hear in the gospel from, I want to say it's a centurion soldier who says, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I imagine, again, Crystalina, last week we were talking about obstacles that just like there are some points where we can say, all right, there's an obstacle in my way here. We might be looking at our defenses in the reality of spiritual warfare and say, oh, I've got some holes in the defense that I need to plug here. You know, recently as I've been doing my liturgy of the hours, I keep hearing this one phrase is to wrap, ask God to wrap us in the weapons of light. And if we really think about what those are, that also has to do with that trust in God, but it's the prayer. You have a weapon and you have an enemy who is 24-7 trying to take you out, and you have got to close your ears to that fear. You have got to close your heart to that fear and pray, but it's got to pick that weapon up. Because the devil does not sleep. I keep hearing that phrase, the devil doesn't sleep, but we have to. But what are we doing when we wake up and before we go to bed at night to prepare ourselves to face the enemy every day? Because every day you're facing your worst enemy, and we need to wake up and we need to act like it. Because Adam, if you knew tomorrow you were going to see your worst enemy, you would be dressed up, you'd be ready to go, you would be like, let's do this, and you would be on. And that's how we have to live our faith, and we can't put our guard down, but we need to be Eucharistic. Jesus has not left us. He is here in the Eucharist, and people, especially Catholics, are living and acting like he has left us behind, and we're left to our own devices, and we're left to follow men that are confused, and then it makes us confused and afraid, and we're forgetting to lose sight that Jesus is here with us. He will not leave us, and he will give us every thing we need 
to battle. But we have to have that confidence that he is going to take care of us. Amen, amen, amen. I'll say it three times there. It's one of those things. I live in an urban area, and I know some of you listening live out in rural areas. Maybe you do this too, but every night before I go to bed, especially because I have five kids that like to open doors and not close them, I go around the house and I make sure the back door is locked. I make sure the front door is locked. I make sure the porch light is on. Some nights, depending on what's going on in the neighborhood, in fact, a lot of nights, just for my own safety and security, I turn the alarm system on because that's why we have it. And, you know, with five kids, we have smoke detectors so that if something happened in the middle of the night, we've got that protection there. So what Kristalina is telling us here about, you know, if we knew that tomorrow we were going to go into intense spiritual battle, we would do all of these things. Well, we may know, but we may not. And yet we've got such great tools that the Lord gives us in addition to the tools he gives us himself. He's here with us leading the charge. So really the question is, what are you ready to do? What are you ready to do, friends? Because some of this is going to be interior. Some of this is going to be exterior. Some of it's going to be the world around you. Some of it's going to be right there in your heart. You know, and recognize your weakness. Own it. Don't be afraid of it. You get that weakness, you recognize it and say, Jesus, help me with my porn addiction. Jesus, help me with my gossip. Whatever that may be, you bring Jesus into it. You bring his name into it. He is there ready to battle, ready to go. And most of the time, we keep his hands tied behind his back because we don't call upon him. And he has everything we need to fight what's coming against us. But the problem is, we do it on our own and we think we know better. And we don't because we cannot stand up against the evil one. But with Jesus at our side and us praying through him, with him, in him, we can overcome and slay any dragon coming against us. And so here's a practical example. For a long time, I had a problem with my mouth. It's a great gift God is giving me. I'm able to speak to people. But for a while, it was my downfall, you know, when I was learning my conversion and everything else. And God gave me a weapon in the Bible. And I would start saying and praying every day, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord, and keep watch over the door of my lips. And I would say that over and over and over. And every time I said that, I feel like God sent me heavenly angels to walk with me and be with me and remind me, keep your mouth shut, prepare yourself, don't say that. But there are practical things that we can do. If you have a hard time or you're jealous of someone, pray into that. I struggled with that for a very long time and felt inadequate. But what I did is I started praying for that person. And you know what? Within a month, I never thought of that person again. So we need to use the weapons God has given us, wrap ourselves in the weapons of light, and whatever you're struggling with, ask what weapon of the Church that God can give you, and He will show you exactly what that is, and do not be afraid to say, Jesus, increase my confidence in you. I have none. I was reading an article recently talking about a lot of the downfalls and a lot of the pitfalls we fall into, and it, it said very clearly, remember, the number one trap is pride. That is especially where yeah. the devil wants you to say that you are in control. You're going to mm-hmm. do it. Lord, Lord, I know. We talked about Catholic guilt last week. I know that what I'm doing is wrong, but I'm going to be the one to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the one to take care of it. Worst thing you could ever say. The beautiful thing is when we do have the humility to turn that over to our Lord, as Kristalina said, he's going to say, all right, Adam, you're turning that over to me. Guess what? You get to be part of this solution, too. We are going to do this together. And, together, uh, yeah. yes. 
Well, Kristalina, speaking of together, it's been so great to be together with you on the show today talking about this. I know we've got some more to uh, add to the topic, but we are going to wrap here for the day, take a quick break on Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back with more show after this break, and then next week we'll be back with, well, actually, no, it won't be next week because I'm going to be on vacation next week. But the week after that, we're going to be back with Kristalina, and uh, we will wrap this all up. And if you need a refresher, be sure to check out the Roadmap to Heaven podcast, and you can go back and kind of string this all together and, and really listen to it all at once. Until then, stay tuned. A prayer for the dead. God, our Father. Your power brings us to birth, your providence guides our lives, and by your command we return to dust. Lord, those who die still live in your presence. Their lives change, but do not end. I pray and hope for my family, relatives, and friends, and for all the dead known to you alone. In company with Christ, who died and now lives, may they rejoice in your kingdom, where all our tears are wiped away. Unite us together again in one family, to sing your praise forever and ever. Amen. It's a good time to pause on this Wednesday for our Daily Dose of Encouragement. This week, Patty Schneier is sharing with us about the attributes of God. And Patty, what point of reflection do you have for us today? Well, we've talked about how God is a God of rescue. We've talked about how he forgives over and over and over again. Sometimes I'm overwhelmed by the goodness of God and all that he does in our lives for us. So today it's very simple. He feeds us. He provides for us. And this is where I see God encompassing all the that is both masculine and all that is feminine as a loving father who provides for his family and as a loving mother who feeds her children, right? So how has God provided for you? How has he just shown his love and his provision in your life? Take that to prayer, journal about that and think about how he actually becomes food for us to consume. That's how intimate he wants to be with all of us and he wants us to taste and see the goodness of of the Lord. So I could ponder this forever, just tasting and seeing the goodness of the Lord in the Eucharist, and that this God of the universe feeds us with his very self. And of course, this is what makes us Catholic, the belief in that, that real presence of the Eucharist. And this is the crux of our Christianity, that God not only became man, not only wants to forgive us, but that he wants to be one with us here on earth, uniting us with our very bodies as food. Unbelievable. Take that attribute of God. He's a God who feeds, a God who provides. And just ponder that, journal about that this week, and thank him for that, that he would be so humble so as to become food for us. It reminds me of that beautiful prayer we pray at Benediction. You have given them bread from heaven Mm. that God feeds us with with his very body, blood, soul, and divinity. And it's a beautiful reflection for us any day of the week, but particularly on this Wednesday. Patty, thank you so much. I've been going back and uh, re-listening to some of this week's Daily Doses of Encouragement, and in particular on uh, Monday when Patty was talking about a God who rescues. I I haven't been able to get out of my head that song by Fontella Bass, Rescue Me, and, uh, uh, you know, listening to that over and over. On to more important things here. As we mentioned, uh, we talked about the first Saturday devotion in our catechist segment. I do want to remind you that Friday is First Friday, and that devotion is very simple. It consists of going to Mass 
and receiving Holy Communion, which you have to do in the state of grace, as we've reminded you. But you knew that already. You already know these things. You, you know, a little reinforcement for all of us is good, but you already know this. Uh, and then you have to pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart and in honor of the Sacred Heart. Now, when our Lord gave this devotion to St. Margaret Mary Alico, he did give her 12 promises of the Sacred Heart, and they are, I will give them all the graces necessary in their state of life. I will establish peace in their homes. I will comfort them in all their afflictions. I will be their secure refuge during life and above all in death. I will bestow abundant blessings upon all their undertakings. Sinners will find in my heart the source of infinite, the source and infinite ocean of mercy. Lukewarm souls shall become fervent. Fervent souls shall quickly mount to high perfection. I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed and honored. I will give to priests the gifts of touching the most hardened hearts. Those who shall promote this devotion shall have their names written in my heart. I promise you in the excessive mercy of my heart that my all-powerful love will grant to all those who receive Holy Communion on the first Fridays and nine consecutive months the grace of final perseverance. They shall not die in my disgrace, nor without receiving their sacraments. My divine heart shall be their safe refuge in this last moment. All of these promises, you know, I want to remind myself more than anything, this is not a transactional. If you do this, I will do that. It's a natural consequence. It's a natural effect. If you devote yourself to the sacred heart of Jesus, it is only natural that you will be seeking the graces necessary for your state in life. And our Lord does not hold back for those who seek. We just heard about that in the uh, Antiphon the other day. I will establish peace in their homes. The more and more I have endeavored to pray, the more and more I have endeavored to honor the Sacred Heart in my home, the more Beth has been on the same page with me on this and in some in her way leading in some areas and in my way leading in some areas the more peace we have had in our home why because instead of trying to find comfort in worldly things or or freaking out as we heard earlier we are seeking god's peace we are asking for his peace we find refuge not because we pay a toll and god says all right you can come in and have refuge when you draw near to our lord you find refuge He's not going to turn you away if you draw near to him. You know, I, I sound a little uh, a little worked up about this, and it's because I think so many of us miss this, so, myself included from time to time. So many of us miss this, that our Lord wants to draw us near to himself. I love this. Lukewarm souls shall become fervent. Fervent souls shall quickly mount to high perfection. It reminds me of that quote we were talking about yesterday with Bishop Hugh Doyle. You, you know, you can't pray the rosary and stay in mortal sin. Either you'll give up the rosary or you'll give up the sin. You can't do this every day and stay lukewarm. You're going to become fervent. And if you become fervent, you're going to seek high perfection. And with God's grace, just maybe, just maybe, We will get there, and if we go to heaven, we will be in high perfection. It'll be beautiful. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Heaven, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, moral of the story. Go to First Friday Devotions. Go to First Saturday Devotions. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.